0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Guns, Oil & Dirt podcast. Today is December 12th, uh, 2021, almost to a new year. Um, Sorry if it sounds a little different, I'm walking around actually while I'm doing this uh, in my house right now just making sure, check a few things before. My wife comes home so I don't get yelled at. Make sure that I didn't forget something or break something or lose something. I'm actually going to grab a water while I'm up, too, because it might help. But, uh, <clears throat> like you said, so it is December 12th today. A um, couple things, personal level, um, I did get my paperwork yesterday for my uh, second place finish in the GSSF for September twenty-fifth so it is an official uh score now I was able to take second place in my division which makes me pretty happy. Uh I got another check which also makes me pretty happy. Um it's nice to make a little bit of money out of your hobby once in a while. It's not much but it's something. Um so pretty proud of that. Did pretty good. Uh, I didn't do a December 7th shout out this year, but, uh, it's not forgotten. December 7th was, um, Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor day Pearl Harbor Memorial day. And, uh, just wanted to say, you know, something about that just to remember, you know, bad things happen. Lots of dates out there, though, uh, to go through where things happened, but that was a big one. I try to remember it. I did a big podcast on it once uh, for those who want to go back and take a listen. Go for it. Uh, Also wanted to talk about, so let's see if I can use my phone while I'm recording without messing it up, but on the December 10th, 2021, uh, if anybody was affected by the tornadoes, um, the tornado outbreak in, where are we? Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee. I don't know any other states that were affected by this. I should double check. Just to make sure, though. But that's looking. Uh, Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Okay. Just making sure I had the list right. If anybody was affected uh, by those tornadoes, seriously, my heart goes out to you. Uh, That was a big deal. Popped up in the middle of the night, which was... You know, it says it had an 11-hour... Path for this storm, with the uh, whatever the stretch um, looking at, said over as of today, that the report that I have that I'm looking at is 94 confirmed fatalities, which is a a lot for um, tornadoes. Actually, I think this makes it the worst outbreak in history. Um, which is pretty, pretty bad. So, you know, like I said, um, my heart goes out to you guys. Uh, it was, it's terrible. Um, you know, things, things are bad as a first responder. My heart goes out to those who are, uh, working to save lives too, uh, you know, today. And, um, I really, you know, hope, uh, things get better. It's, it's a rough time of the year to have something like that happen. And it's actually an unusual time of the year. So, um, but on that note, I've been wanting to do uh, a little podcast about uh, a little bit of things going on. Uh, I'm going to start a new series where I take, um, I've got this guide with me. Uh, Top 100 things that disappear after disaster, or the top 100 things that disappear after an SHTF scenario. So I'm going to go through some of these things. I was thinking about doing like one a day and talking about things, but after seeing some of them, I can't like uh, make a whole podcast out of like one thing, you know? Uh, Some things on here are pretty good where I talk about them because I was going to talk about things like that have multiple uses, things that were just one item you could do whatever with, but um, some of them are just super simple things. So uh, I'm going to make a, I don't know how many episodes it'll take for me to get through it. I wanted to do, like I said, one per episode, but um, some of them are too damn easy. (laughs) and uh, it'll, you know, won't take that long. But another thing I have, I have this uh, emergency preparedness guide. So if you follow along with the podcast, please do me a favor. Follow along with the uh, Instagram, Guns Oil and Dirt Instagram. And I also have a MeWe page, Guns Oil and Dirt on MeWe. Um, I post a lot of pictures there too, mostly of projects that I'm working on. I, you know, uh, I rebuilt the chicken coop again. It, uh, it double layered it, so now it has some insulation for the winter time. I put some foam insulation under the water dish to help it from freezing, so it's not touching the ground uh, for my chicken. Other than that, not a lot going on. I did buy a solar light that was I was hoping would keep it warm, but all the solar lights are LED and they don't really produce a lot of heat. So I'm going to try and figure that out. I did start a compost bin that I found uh, I've made. Out of some branches that i cut down and a little bit of leftover chicken wire that i had and i filled it with, with some branches and a little bit of leaves i got to get some uh some more stuff i've been putting the uh whatever leftover i shouldn't say leftover but whatever chicken poop i get out of the um chicken pen when i go in there and clean it for i uh, try and take that and throw it in the compost bin too i also uh if you guys don't know uh, this about me I am uh, I've been a mechanic for a long time I, uh, I mean ever since I was a kid I worked on things and then I um, worked in factories a lot of my life but I'm actually a certified mechanic uh, technician we should call it certified technician I was an SAE certified technician I got out of it I haven't been an SAE certified technician for a few years now but I used to be uh, factory certified technician for a bunch of different manufacturers, mostly small engines and motorcycles, Uh, but I also was certified for Honda generators and a few other things, watercraft, uh, boats. Then I left that industry and ended up getting uh, certified for small diesel. Um, I worked with companies like uh, Kawasaki Cause they made like diesel mules and side by sides kind of things like that. But then I also ended up working on, uh, for coyote tractors, coyote. Um, it's spelled like coyote. So I call it coyote tractors, but, um, so I worked for them for years. I was a heavy equipment mechanic in there too. And then what I do now where I work actually in green energy and I've done this for a few years now, um, just gotta double check and make sure I'm still recording because if I'm not then I'm just talking to myself cool still recording but I've been working in green energy for a few years now and um I'm a you know certified wind turbine technician and I um sorry I was reading and I do that but I'm also a uh firefighter small town firefighter and uh the only reason why i bring it up because um uh, mechanic the mechanical stuff is because i do a lot of um i don't want to say like what i call it dumpster diving it's not really dumpster diving i dig through the trash once in a while if i see something that looks useful i usually pull it out and that's why i was bringing it up because the me account so anytime i get a good score out of the garbage i throw it on mewe so if you guys want to see some of the projects that i build out of the trash that i get there is a guns oil and dirt me we page that you can follow um so if you join me and you can find me um you just ask to request to be part of the group but um you can see like i post a lot of my projects there i posted the pen i posted the garden i put in uh, i haven't posted the um, compost bin yet and um some of the other stuff but when I get a good score from a dumpster dive, I post that on there. And then I, like, do things with it. Like, I've gotten uh, riding lawnmowers out of the trash that I've rebuilt. I got running and used to cut my grass. And I got, um, recently I got a couple bicycles out of the trash that turned out to be uh, really nice. Um, old schwins from the 70s that I'm restoring. Um, probably not going to sell them. I might actually keep them and ride them because they look really cool. Uh, you know, with the fenders and like all the crazy stuff on them. So, I'm probably going to keep those. Uh, found like a uh, garden cart, wagon kind of thing, and uh, a few other items. But uh, recently, I found the frame of a trailer. It was like a jet ski trailer, small boat trailer, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm turning it into um, something else. I don't know exactly where I'm going with it yet. I am going to use it for moving things like my riding mower and possibly my three wheeler, but also might work on it to be kind of a, I don't know how to say it, kind of a um, like camping trailer. You know, I want to make it so that I can carry some gear on it, possibly sleep in it, so like a bug out trailer, uh, if you want to think of it that way kind of make it an all purpose but uh possibly used for a bug out trailer. So that's one of the projects I'm working on. If you're into that kind of stuff, you can check that out too. Uh you know, I got um you know, a couple Jeeps that I've been working on, kind of like bug out Jeeps, but um they haven't gotten very far because really I haven't had a lot of time to work on them. Recently, I did just sell um last week I sold one of my race cars, or not last week, but a couple weeks ago. Right before Thanksgiving. No, right after. So right after Thanksgiving, the week after I believe, um, I ended up selling, I had a 1976 BMW 2002. And uh, that was another project where I was stripping it down and I was gonna turn it into a, kind of like a drift car uh, idea. But I just um, didn't have time. I I work a lot, uh, multiple jobs. Also, like uh, I was talking about earlier, a little bit of competitive shooting. I build a lot of projects. I do a lot of weird stuff. So, um, realistically, I just didn't have time. So, I finally decided to get rid of that. And it opened up a ton of extra space in my garage. And that was really nice. And also, it gave me an opportunity. I had a riding mower that had a bad deck that I hadn't been doing anything with. And I took a little bit of my spare time, and I had uh, worked on the engine a little bit and got it running good now. I put a different exhaust on it, and I um, made a plow for it out of an old 55-gallon drum. So I'm going to try and use that this year as my plow. It'll probably only make it through one year, but um, I really don't care. Uh, I I really just get sick of shoveling my driveway, and uh, that's my new whatever you want to call it, my new deal project um but i wanted to make room to park it in the garage instead of having to park it outside all the time so i sold one of my cars to give me some space to move some other stuff so now i'm down to uh what is it two pickup trucks and my uh daily driver and then my two jeeps are sitting in the driveway so you know not too bad but Uh, I got a couple of things going. Uh, I'm working on my, my, uh, I have a Chevy Silverado in the garage that I'm slowly working on. Kind of make it like a uh, off-road slash camping vehicle slash uh, the vehicle that hauls my other stuff. So um, when my Jeep's done, it may not be road legal. I'm trying to turn it basically into a, a rock crawler. And the other Jeep that I have is a parts Jeep for that one, so we'll see what happens there. But it's probably going to need to be towed when uh, when I'm all you know when all is said and done. So we'll see how that goes down. But that's just a rundown on me and what I have um, going on in my life right now. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, so I. Uh, I am a firefighter. I do work at a fire station locally uh, as a volunteer, just in case anybody was wondering. Um, And uh, it gives me an opportunity to learn uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of things that I guess like normal people don't get an opportunity to because I'm attached to a station. But one of the things that we give out, like we literally hand out this information. We give out tons of information to the public. If you go down to your local fire station, they have tons of literature to read about, about all sorts of stuff. Um, but since we we're talking about the tornadoes that went through the other day, um, I was going to talk about this anyway, but I hadn't gotten around to it, but we hand out these emergency preparedness guides little booklets. Um, it's 35, 36 pages long. Um, it's got some cool stuff in it. There's, Let's see, I'll go to the Cable of Contents, so uh, it's got a little contact guide in the back, family communication plan, write down some phone numbers for people, for your kids, put them in back, important local phone numbers, has slots where you can write down like your doctor's number, the hospital's number, the local weather number, road conditions number, Utility, water, electricity, gas, this number um, gives you the options for writing all that stuff down. It's got, uh, obviously, you know, talk, it has like the table of contents starts by talking about why to prepare for disasters, create, how to create a basic emergency plan, um, preparing a supply kit, treating serious injuries, uh, in case of evacuation, managing disasters at home, what to do for, um, a disaster, dealing with specific disasters, then it goes into thunderstorms, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, extreme temperatures, fires, volcanoes, hazardous material spills, nuclear power, terrorist attacks, and then like I said, the end of it's the family communication plan. I got this book a while ago and I kind of gave it to my wife because I wanted her to read through it because she doesn't do this kind of stuff or care for it, but I do. So, uh, you know, why do we prepare for disasters? Um, because (laughs) I don't know if I want to read this, uh, word for word, but, uh, disaster can strike without warning, forcing you to go for days without basic necessities or evacuate your home. Relief workers would be on, uh, scene following a disaster, but you may not be able to reach or may not be able to reach you immediately. Sure. Uh, you need to prepare for disasters in case something goes wrong, blah, 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 Um, yeah, I agree with that. People need to prepare for disasters. Uh, creating emergency plan. Everybody should seriously, like, people don't do this after they get out of school and stuff. Some works do it, I'm glad that some works do, um, but you need an evacuation plan, like emergency, uh, like fire drill. You seriously need to look around your house and uh, think about how would you get out in a fire. And I brought it up once before, but I'll bring it up again. If you sleep with your doors closed in your house, if you sleep in your house with your doors, bedroom doors closed, for sure do this for your kids. If you were parents, do this for your kids, have your kids sleep with their doors closed. It does make a difference in a fire, okay? Um, it does make a difference if somebody breaks into the house and is walking around going from room to room, you know, it can slow them down. If somebody climbs in your kid's window, I, it's a barrier between you, you know, you and saving your kid potentially, but I mean, that one's, that one's kind of rough. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to, uh, say there or what people should do about that. Um, keep the windows locked, uh, keep them barricaded. Uh, properly uh, but you could you get together with your family especially small kids and do um, you know a plan uh, you know go through with your family and decide uh, what to do in each type of emergency draw a floor plan of your house showing the escape uh, routes and uh, oh that's a this is a big one is choose a place So like if your house is on fire, you have a fire in your house, you should really choose a place to meet up with your family again. Um, Personally, I like to pick my neighbor's house. Uh, He doesn't know that. But uh, if anything happened, we would totally meet on his porch because that's a place that I know and there's light and we can all sit on his porch. So if my house is ever on fire, I would tell all my family to run next door. Uh, We can knock on the neighbor's door, wake him up. granted he doesn't know that but he he's he's a good guy he would he would help me out and i know he would help me out and i would do the same for him so we don't uh, you know it's not a okay. it's not a big deal um so let's see what else and get a, identify a family member of the Area to contact if you're separated. Uh, again, I would probably um it's just me and my wife, but we would probably just call the neighbor. But um, you know, post the emergency numbers by the phone. Uh, that's fairly self explanatory. Everybody uses nine one one in America in America. I actually don't know what it is in other state uh countries, but um like, everybody should know how to dial 911. And if your kids are young, uh, obviously teach them how to dial 911. Know how to shut off your utilities, because most people actually don't know how to shut the gas off to their house. Uh, I'm I'm hit or miss on this. I mean, if your house is on fire, we're going to shut it off when we show up anyway. If um, uh, I mean, the adults should know how to do this. Don't teach kids how to shut the gas off, because... And don't do it, like, nonchalantly. Uh, For the love of God, don't shut your gas off just on a whim and then try and turn it back on because you need to call the uh, energy company to turn your gas back on if you shut it off. And uh, I'm not saying, like, you have to. There are people who have experience, granted, like, I know people who know how to shut their gas off and turn it back on and everything. But, I mean, you got to, like, relight pilot lights and stuff. So if you don't know what you're doing, don't fool with this one. Uh, shutting the water off. You should know how to shut the water off to your house um, and the electricity. If you don't know that, um I don't know, uh, call somebody, get a friend. Uh, some people don't have their dads in the area or something like that, but like you know, you can, you can find somebody realistically. I mean, call the fire department, not 911. Like, call their regular phone number and be like, hey, you know, if you guys have a chance, maybe send the uh, guy who does like the fire inspections over to my house one day. Granted, you're now inviting the government into your house, and that can always be a problem because he, if you have any code violations or anything, he's probably going to get you. But you know, you can you can call them uh, and be like, hey, you know, can we schedule a time for you to stop by? Uh, you don't dial nine one one because you need to get your smoke detectors fixed, but I mean, you can call the non-emergency number and set up an appointment. A lot of times we'll come, you know, a lot of departments, I know my department will do it, we'll come by, um, help people out, because, you know, it's part of the job. Um, Plan for uh, disabled or elderly neighbors in a disaster. Realistically, this is is a part of the, uh, that you don't see a lot. I mean, you'll see it, but you don't talk about it a lot, I guess. But um, you kind of should take care of, um, people around you can't take care of themselves. Realistically, I'll get into a whole thing about like, oh, what's part of being a man is taking care of the weaker people around you and not being a bully. But you should think about this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, uh, try and take care. The best thing about being prepared is if you're prepared for yourself and you feel secure in it, you should probably prepare for others. Because, you know, I always like have people, because when we're, whatever you want to call it, if you're like a prepper, well, like I'm not like a doomsday prepper. I'm like a uh, real shit happens all the time prepper. Fires, pandemics, uh, you know, pandemic happened. Nobody thought it was going to happen. I was like, yeah, this is going to happen. And people are like, cool, stuff like that will never happen. But then it happened. Um, We're going into a serious, what do you want to, what do we want to call this? Um, Depression, economic depression. Um, There's going to be a lot of problems coming up, especially the way the government's like way overreaching and overstepping their bounds and trying to force a lot of things. And then on top of that, like other states are battling back with the abortion thing and there's a lot of people who are mad at each other. So like potential for insurrection has never been higher potential for uh what do we call that um i don't even know what the word is right now civil unrest there it's, uh potential for civil unrest would be the last few years uh we've seen it more than ever, ever before um you know in the 60s there was a lot of riots and stuff in the early 90s there's a lot of riots but there wasn't, not as widespread as it is now. I mean, it's happening in almost every state, almost every major uh, city is having some sort of issues. California is completely, completely falling apart. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life Um, because they're not arresting people and they're just just letting crime happen. Uh, A lot of people are dying uh, every day. Hundreds of people are dying every day. And people are complaining about, like, oh, there's gun violence. Well, yeah, you know, um, gun violence doesn't happen if um, people go to jail for the rest of their lives. So, you know, you commit a couple small crimes, maybe you should spend 30 years in jail. And if you can't leave jail and be a normal human being, maybe you shouldn't leave jail. Because if all you're going to do is leave jail and, let's say, um oh yeah i didn't even touch on this the walker shot thing with the guy in the car who ran over all those people that they're not calling a domestic terrorist even though he said that he's basically a terrorist and wants to kill people using his car but the uh, media is like covering everything up they said oh a car drove through no a freaking guy did it a guy who got released out of prison two days before not only did he get released out of prison two days before he actually had a whole thing on um, Facebook about how he was gonna do it, and he has like songs. He's like a, a, a amateur rapper or whatever, but he had a bunch of songs about how he was gonna kill people, and one of the songs even talked about hitting him with his car. So they can't, they can't use that crap. Um, you know, this things happen all the time. You got to be prepared for it, and you have to be aware. Of it. And the thing that really bothered me about the guy in the car thing is that nobody shot him. Um, people kill less people if you shoot them first. That's just a fact. Um, so like, you know, if there's a guy and he's trying to kill somebody and you just watch him kill somebody, if you kill him, he can't kill any more people. Just a theory, um, that has been 100% proven. You have to follow the science. Like Fauci says, you have to follow the science. Dead people don't kill more people. Um... Just an FYI, I don't listen to anything Fauci says. And actually, on that note, I'm going to, I'm on a really bad tangent, and I'm sorry. But on that note, um, they're saying that the American Heart Association is not uh, trustable anymore because they came out and said that um, the vaccines have led to heart issues in, in some people, which we all knew that there could be some side effects. But now uh, Fauci and Google, Facebook, Twitter, um, the big the big names like you know are all trying to say that the american heart association is no longer a valid source for medical information just because they said something that they didn't like and the biggest problem is is literally at this point in the world less something like 10 people total control all of the information in the united states is all owned by 10 like As you go up the chain, it's really like 10 corporations as all those corporations are basically owned. I shouldn't say 10 corporations. There's 10 people who basically own all of the corporations that have anything to do with media or social media or the government or insurance or medical care. It basically just comes down to these 10 people because they pretty much own everything. Um, And so if you say something that they don't like And by the way, that they don't like, doesn't mean that it's not true. It just means that it costs them money. Um, So you have to remember that everything you hear, everything you hear, um, other than this podcast has something to do with the money that they are earning. um, And the reason why this podcast doesn't is because it doesn't make me any money. (laughs) So um, this is, you know, but this is my opinion. And you can take it for what it is, or you can leave it. But in my opinion, yeah, everything is biased now, and it's all about the money. And if it makes some money, or if it doesn't make some money, but it's whatever. That stuff's up to you. Make up your own mind. But um, so get 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 a disaster supply kit together. So that, like a lot of bad things can happen. But you should keep some stuff together it's really rough like some of those places that were hit by the tornadoes they don't have basements and they don't make um a lot of people don't make like a center room in their house made out of concrete and cinder blocks that's going to be like weatherproof even though that was a pretty bad like it was a pretty rough tornado that went through there but there were some concrete buildings that were left standing actually afterwards um not all of them like a lot of people who got hurt We're in, like, warehouse-style buildings, and I know they have, like, tall concrete walls and stuff, but they're not super, super strong. But if you make a small concrete structure in the middle of your house, like a small closet or something, it'll definitely withstand a storm, especially if you use concrete and rebar. So the steel-concrete mix is really strong. It works pretty good. And uh, you'd totally be able to weather a pretty decent storm if you did something like that. And literally all it has to be is just, like, a small closet, put some supplies in it, then you and your family can go in there when the weather gets bad. Um, you are going to have to put a small, like, at least one vent in it, if not two, and probably a heavy steel door I would recommend. Um, you know, the uh, when it comes to a square, the sum of the integrity of the structure is only as strong as its weakest link. So, of course, if you have a strong steel door with a strong steel frame, and, you know, when that storm comes, it's not going to rip the door out. And create like a weak spot or possibly like uh, in a tornado case like have you get sucked out so but um, have a supply kit keep it in a safe place that you can get to and that will still be there when all is said and done because that can be kind of the problem where if um, you know you lose all your supplies then saving them in the first place wasn't necessarily worth it so you gotta find a way to keep track of them but one of the things you definitely need is water so water is one of the uh, number one things you survive um what is it three minutes without air three hours potentially this the three hours ones is kind of weird but it's three minutes without air three days without water three weeks without food and they say three hours in adverse conditions without shelter Um, shelter can be your clothes but like you know it actually some cases can take less than 30 minutes for hypothermia to set in but they give you three hours before let's say uh, walking in a snowstorm gets you killed it could be less than that because you can always get hit by a truck so um, just be careful but one of the things you're definitely gonna need is to uh, bring water pack water because um, you're gonna run out of uh, or that's gonna get you killed within days so uh, pack at least one gallon per person for at least three days there's a three days thing um, keep it in tightly sealed containers that are puncture resistant and make sure you change your water every six months I don't know if I actually agree with that the people have reasons for this but I'm not hundred percent sure where I'm at on that because you have uh like water bottles that are properly sealed i think they can last a lot longer especially they say keep them out of uv but then you use uv to purify water so there's a lot of gray there do some more research i'm not gonna be the expert on what when where why and why like amoebas and certain things can get you sick i'm not the person to go to for that so i mean if this has changed every six months maybe it's a good place to start Uh um You know, you got to make up your own opinion on that one because that's a little bit rough for me. I'm not going to change my water every six months. Pack enough food for each family member for at least three days. Okay, I could see that. Um, Again, include canned foods that require little preparation. Uh, Don't do, like, all the freeze-dried stuff entirely that you're going to need, um, you know... Um, what do you want to call that like water to re-concentrate? Um, and I would also stay away from things that are really salty uh, to be honest with you like cans of beans and stuff Are gonna make you really thirsty and like if you're stuck out somewhere. I'm not gonna go with like um, freaking hash, you know um, corned beef hash in a can the salt level on that's gonna just you're gonna want to pound of water all day so <clears throat> Uh, things that I would like personally, uh, you know, like, uh, things that are canned in water, like green beans, it's going to sound gross, but I mean, you could drink the green bean water and if you don't like that, uh, you could go with like peaches or, um, like pineapple slices in a can are really good. Um, coconut, uh, juice, coconut milk. It, it kind of doubles cause you're going to get, uh, the water out of it, but you're also going to get a lot of sugars and everything if you're diabetic i don't know if that's the best idea and if you're on blood pressure medication i'd supposedly uh what is it is it grapefruit or pineapple one of them you're not supposed to have so again um i'm not an expert and i don't know your situation so uh it says replace that food every six months eh, if it's mostly canned food go off the expiration date some canned food's good for like two years so um just keep track of your expiration dates Um, speaking of that, though, that is something I actually did as I went through my pantry canned food and I pulled up, uh, all the canned food that was going to expire. And then I took this stuff and organized it due to expiration date and put it in five gallon buckets and sealed them. So, and with the expiration dates written on the top and I did it quarterly now. So whenever, uh, at the end of December, I'm going to open up the January, February, March one, you know? So I have one that's labeled January, February, March, and that's all stuff that expires in January, February, March. And I'll go through all the cans in there and uh, start eating them. And every, you know, uh, three months, I open up another bucket and go through the cans and then I refill it with stuff that's going to expire within that next year. So, you know, uh, it'd be a good idea. Um, Tools and equipment they want you to keep with your with your gear. So you keep a battery operated radio, flashlight. Spare batteries, resealable plastic bags, washcloths and towels, paper cups uh, and plastic utensils. Okay, toothbrush and toothpaste and toiletries. Yeah, uh, toilet paper, uh, Keeping little um, dry containers. Ziploc bags are really good for this too, though. Um, Heavy duty plastic trash bags, garbage bags. I'm I really like this. I'm going to get into it at a different time. Uh, about the uses for trash bags is crazy. Um, a change of clothes or an extra pair and an extra pair of shoes and socks for each person. I definitely on the socks shoes, um, you know, keep comfy shoes, not shoes that are brand new and don't take shoes that are like completely worn out that are like no good. But If you had a pair of old, like, uh, if every year you buy a new pair of hiking shoes and you had a pair from last year that you didn't completely run the, heck out of that they're no good for support at all but um you can keep a set of those and then blankets and sleeping bags for each person again i have an opinion on this um wool will keep like 80 or 90 percent of its heating quality when it was 100 saturated so uh, wool blankets are not that expensive you can buy them off of amazon like 100 wool blankets i mean it's not virgin wool probably but it's going to be really good wool blankets uh you can get them for like 20 bucks and they they make like emergency wool blankets not just like the big old military ones and they have some nice ones now with some patterns in it and they dye them so i mean if you want to get a nice one granted wool is a little scratchy but it's not going directly on your skin in most cases you're not walking around naked with nothing but a wool blanket on you but you know it's it's a good option uh personal items so This one gets kind of weird for me, but, um, you know, bring an ID, uh, birth, uh, birth certificate and marriage certificates, inventory of household goods. I don't have that bank account numbers. Uh, okay. Maps, extra cars and house keys. That's probably a good idea. Prescription medications. All right. Uh, keep a first aid kit with, uh. Bandages, anti antibiotic, or anti-diarrhea medication, i definitely do that. Antiseptic, aspirin, uh, cleansing agent, isopropyl alcohol or hydrogen peroxide. Cotton balls, first aid manual, of course. Gauze, latex, gloves, uh, whatever, uh, gloves. Doesn't have to be latex, uh, is fine. Uh, a laxative, because, you know, if you take too many anti you might need a laxative, but I right waste uh, needles and safety pins and that's mostly for sewing petroleum jelly scissors sunscreen uh, thermometer tongue depressor triangular bandage and tweezers um, yeah some of that stuff will come in handy keep a good first aid get around um, treating serious injuries so there's a possibility that people could get seriously injured during a disaster like a tornado so um, What to do for heavy bleeding put pressure on it cover it up if you don't have a tourniquet for like an arm or a leg um, just firm pressure you tie something onto it a belt will work Um, just try to keep the red stuff inside the best you can if it is not a uh, limb do you're not gonna tourniquet off somebody's head so don't wrap anything around their neck and try and do that I mean if they're bleeding from their neck keep pressure on it, but also don't crush their airway when you do it. So there's, there's also that, um, burns. This is, this is a gray area. Cause I get way too much information on both sides of the burn thing. I have like gone through some EMS training. I haven't gotten my EMT, but I've done a lot of EMS training as a first responder and I get super conflicting reports. It says, uh, flush with cool water, not cold, not warm. It says this. It's got to be like clean. It's not just like, oh, put some cool water on it. I mean, like they're they're trying to make you disinfect the area that could potentially get infections just due to the fact that there it's a burn and you ruined the uh, the covering of your body that's supposed to keep diseases out um so eh, don't just just make sure it's clean if you don't have anything clean to put on it don't do anything it'll the air and stuff you'll you'll deal with it they kind of want you to cool down certain burns due to the fact that they could continue to burn like different layers of the skin after you get the initial burn they want it to cool it to regular temperature but realistically we're not we're not doing that that's not um you know unless it's super clean water, like bottled water or something. Just don't worry about it because you're just going to cause more harm than good. Um, or if you have saline solution or something like that, give that a shot. But um, do not use ice or ointments except for on minor burns. Obviously, don't break blisters. Um, if the burn is serious, call 911. Cover it. Um, Hold on a sec. Hey, sorry about that. Um, It may seem like only a second for you, but I was gone for like two hours. Uh, My wife came home, and she had some friends with her, and then we ate dinner. So, uh, I feel like I left off on burns. Um, If the burn is serious, call 911, and uh, realistically, yeah, if it burns serious, um, you can't handle dealing with it. Fractures, uh don't move the victim trying to mobilize the fracture if possible call for help Uh, you know you're not gonna be fixing fractures on your own you know how to do it then uh, you're cool Um, but you're probably not gonna be listening to me (laughs) Uh, shock this one's gonna be really different difficult Um, they're pale clammy skin weakness fast breathing weak pulse confusion um, lay them down, raise their feet, keep them warm, wrap them in a towel or something, blanket, uh, whatever you guys have. But um, also, in case of shock. That one, uh, if it's shock due to a major trauma, uh, they're they're you can have a real problem. If it's shock like, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Like emotional shock or something freaked them out or they just saw something really bad. Yeah, and anyway, keep them calm, get them to lay down, and relax. They could pass out, but realistically, uh, the only thing you're going to be able to do about it is wait it out. So, uh, in case of uh, evacuations, so call the uh, local emergency management office. Determine whether you're, uh, where you're going to go. You know, find out if you're just going, like, you gotta, if you got to get out of town or if you're just going to go to, um, like, a, uh, community holding area like the local high school or church um, talk to your family about it uh, be good for them to not freak out too much Like so talk about it beforehand know that if something happens this is where we're probably going to go I know like here we would probably go they probably want us to go to the high school I wouldn't uh, I would literally just leave town and go anywhere else but uh, I don't like the idea of being in a mass um, mass casualty kind of uh, post because it uh, you know it's just it's just not my thing. Uh, I don't want to be there. I want to be surrounded by a bunch of people. Usually, oh, sorry about that. Usually, you have to remain unarmed in situations like that, and I don't like that either. Um, I've seen people get beaten uh, severely and sometimes beaten to death. Uh, by groups of 10 or 15 or 20 people at a time, so uh, I'm not comfortable with that so uh, Find out your child's school evacuation policy. That's a big one if you have kids check on your uh, Disaster supply kit and make sure it's ready to go I tell people if you're gonna make a kit put it in a five gallon bucket five gallon bucket's are really easy to grab and go they're waterproof they float and you put a lid on it so And uh, make sure your car is full. That's funny. Um, Try not to run your car. I tell people this, but this is difficult to do. Try not to run your car below half tank of gas. So like once a week I try and fill up, depending on what I do on the weekends, whether I have to work. um, I can end up in like a quarter tank of gas. I try not to fill up when I'm super cold. So, but I usually don't let it go below a quarter tank of gas or if at least I can get um, 100 miles away from my house so if the disaster is bigger than that uh, i'm gonna have a hard time but i also keep a little bit of spare gas at the house so i can throw you know four or five extra gallons in the car if i have to go somewhere um bring your disaster supply kit wear sturdy shoes and clothes unplug home electronics uh lock. so this is if you have to evacuate your home sorry i was just reading it to myself but yeah Bring your disaster supply kit, wear sturdy clothes, uh, unplug home electronics if you have to leave, lock all your doors and windows, turn off the mains, uh, switches for gas and electricity if instructed. Sorry. But usually you don't have to do that. Um, if you're just going to leave for a day or two, they probably won't tell you to do that. If you're going to be leaving for a long time, maybe you'll hear something like that. Form a friend or relative where you're going and the route you're taking. Follow uh, evacuation routes. You know, uh, just keep that stuff in mind. There is a section here on pets, what to do during a uh, disaster. This is the one that I wanted to bring up. If you're going to a public shelter, um, be aware that alcohol, pets, and weapons are not allowed in shelters. And uh, it's... It's going to be a challenge. Uh, They're cramped. They're dirty. People are going to smell bad. They're going to be on your stuff. They're going to be touching your stuff, especially with COVID. It's like there's so much going on. And uh, I just don't like being in them. (laughs) So I would do everything I can to stay away from those. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, everybody's going to have uh, their own problems. And uh, if you can at all possible, just don't go to the uh, evacuation shelter. So, if it's an option, don't go. Um, alright. go through some other stuff here. Dealing with specific disasters. Yeah, alright. So, managing a disaster at home. Um, if you're not able to evacuate and you have to ride something out at home, obviously make sure you have your supplies. Make sure you have water, make sure you have food. Um, if you, So as far as water goes, here's a few things I bring up. If you know there's a disaster coming, uh, they have things called like water bobs. You put them in your bathtub and you fill them up with water. Basically have like a big container that fills your old bathtub. You end up getting about 50 gallons of water out of it. If you have one, do it. If you don't have one, sorry, you can fill your bathtub up and bring like a, uh, I don't know, like a mixing bowl or something in there. Um, fill the bathtub all the way up. You're not going to be drinking this water unless you absolutely have to. It'd be kind of gross to drink water out of your bathtub. But if you have uh, a bowl like that, if the water shut off for some reason or the power is out and you can't get water or something happens uh you can use that water if you use the mixing bowl and you can fill the back of your toilet so you can keep flushing the toilet um let's see yeah you can fill pitchers jars bottles buckets fill your bathtub fill the sinks plug them I keep some, uh, obviously I keep extra water on hand because I prepare for things, but I also keep some empty jugs in the garage that were um, juice jugs. The Minute Maid, um, whatever, it's not orange juice, but they have like other juices. um, But the heavier gallon containers for juice, I like to keep those. uh, The gallon milk jugs and water jugs are not as puncture resistant. And I kind of like I kind of like that they're heavy duty. So I keep some of those around. If you have extra jugs, two liter bottles for soda work really good. And they're easy to store. So food. uh, Don't drink the water out of your toilet bowl. But you can drink it out of the back of the tank. That's funny. Uh, And you should drink at least two quarts of water a day. Uh, Especially... The more work you do okay I try and drink like three liters a day would be sorry would be ideal uh, I have a three liter camel pack and that's pro- about what I would uh, try and refill every day at uh, granted it's not the best and uh, it's not your like recommended amount but you know you got to do what you can okay Um Food, I'm not going to go too deep in this. Most people, like realistically, in your house, uh, most people have about two to three weeks worth of food just in their cupboards and shit laying around anyway. Clear out the freezer, clear out the fridge. Oh, Sorry about that. Uh, And other, um, you know, spots. I keep a little bit of extra food around the house too. Um, I got some canned food. I got some dry food. And stuff like that. So I'm not going to get super into that right now. We'll probably get into that Um, down the road. Avoid eating dented or swollen cans that looks or smell abnormal. Use pre-prepared formula for babies. I mean like normal stuff. In case the power goes out, practice conservation. Um keep your fridge and uh freezer shut for as long as you can unless you're actively like pulling something out but don't stand there and look at it one thing i talk about doing is i fill um vacuum seal bags with water and i put them in my freezer and they work twofold the fuller your freezer is, the longer it'll stay cold so it works like an ice box kind of a thing but also um you can have that water for drinking later if you absolutely have to. And they come really in handy if uh, I need to go somewhere and I don't have um, ice to throw in my cooler. So I just grab one or two of those, toss them in the cooler if we need to go somewhere. Like, uh, keep the beer cold, you know. Uh, protect your computer with a surge protector. If the power goes out, check your fuse box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's about it. Use a generator. Um realistically. Uh you're supposed to plug your stuff in directly if you can. But in most cases you're gonna have to run extension cords. Power the only the essentials when it comes down to this stuff, like the refrigerator. Um I have to run my well pump off of one and my wife needs her hair dryer, which is the highest amperage draw of, or wattage draw of anything you own. It's higher than the freaking microwave. Um, you can run two refrigerators off of what it takes for a woman to run a hair dryer. So think about that. If you guys want to waste electricity more than anything, uh, worry about your hair care products. And if you want to survive, uh, forget it. So just remember that one. Okay. Um. Yeah. As far as that stuff goes, for now, I think I'm going to stop here. Okay. I'm getting the chiming on my thing that's telling me that uh, maximum recording time is 60 minutes anyway. But... I'm gonna stop here for today. Next, we're gonna get into dealing with specific disasters and what to do if your home is damaged. So, uh, that'll be for another day. But when it comes to the list, I'm gonna get to the list real fast right now. When it comes to uh, 100 things that disappear the fastest in a disaster, number one, is generators i was talking about it last thing i talked about when it was uh with home disasters is knowing how to use a generator generators will be the first thing to disappear and i've lived through this one myself during a large scale disaster um shouldn't say large scale small scale disaster but it was a multiple county disaster in my area where we had a flood and we lost power for a long period of time so um I can I can be honest with you and you know at the beginning of every hurricane season or last year when uh, Texas froze, everybody had problems finding generators. So if you don't have a generator now, realistically, we should look into uh, you should look into getting one. So um, I'll talk about generators. Actually, I actually have a friend who I'm trying to get on the show to just talk about generators. And we'll see when he is available and when we can do that. Hopefully not too long, but um, until then, I will uh, leave you with that one. There's a bunch of other stuff, like I said, I got a hundred things on this list, and we'll talk about them one by one. Before I go, if again, follow me on all the social medias. Uh, Guns Oil Endured on Instagram. Guns, Oil & Dirt on MeWe, if you want to get in contact with me, those are the fastest way and easiest ways to do so. But also, um, while you're out there, go to the Instagram page for Remora Holsters and tell them you heard about them from here. So go on Remora Holsters, send them a comment, and say, hey, I heard about you on the Guns, Oil & Dirt podcast, just to tell them that I'm spreading the word and you guys are listening. Really appreciate it. If you want the very best comfort and concealed carry holsters, check out Remora holsters. Uh, that is it for tonight. I will probably get back at this in a day or two. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, stay alive. Stay survived. And I'll chat it to you guys later. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Evan from the Guns, Oil & Dirt Podcast. I just wanted to take a second to talk to you guys about Remora holsters. I've been carrying a Remora holster for a little over a year now, and I've gotta say it's gotta be one of the most comfortable concealed carry holsters that I've ever had. So if you're in the market for a new holster, no matter what type of gun you have, why don't you check out Remora holsters?